You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. So today's episode is a very unique and special episode, all focused on this kind of global pandemic that we are all living through, and the details are changing day by day. I'm currently recording this on Wednesday night. It is Wednesday, March 18th. So you guys will hear this on Monday, and I am here in quarantine with my whole family. So my mom is here, my dad is here, my brother is here, my brother's girlfriend is here, and my husband, Umut, is here. We have all been here since March 12th, so about six days together. Coronavirus has changed the way that all of us live and work and socialize, and I think it can be a stressful time for many of us. I haven't had a ton of stress, but I definitely have been adjusting to working from home and being on video calls all day. Also hearing that my grandparents left the house to get a haircut yesterday. My dad was still doing his own Starbucks runs until very recently. And he's well within this kind of target group that needs to be concerned about coronavirus of 65 plus are the ones that are most vulnerable to coronavirus. But of course, we could all be carriers. And as I've been learning, as I've been talking to people, it's not an isolated incident. Many of us are experiencing this unique role reversal and pleading with our parents to please stay inside. And I'll add some links and resources on how to effectively communicate with older parents about just how serious this is. This is really not the time to be taking a trip to the farmer's market. This is definitely stay inside time. But there's been really great general guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization. I'm always going to point to those two resources because they have the most factual, up-to-date information. But yeah, we're all practicing social distancing by being inside. And when you do go outside, I've been going outside every single day for a walk. But when you do go outside, make sure you're at least six feet away from the next person. Wash your hands. Wash your hands regularly with hot water and soap for at least 20 seconds and use hand sanitizer. Now you can make your own sanitizer if you have alcohol, aloe vera gel, and an essential oil such as tea tree oil or lavender essential oil. And for my mix, I'm adding a tiny bit of vitamin E. This is a project that I've given myself this weekend. And you want to do a two to one proportion of alcohol to aloe vera. So this keeps the alcohol content at around 60%. That's the minimum amount of alcohol needed to kill most germs. And this is according to the CDC. When it comes to beauty, I'm thinking a lot about what this time means for self-care and self-presentation. So what does beauty mean when you are alone? How does our relationship to self-presentation change when we have no one to see or any place to show up or no one to get ready for? Also, what does this time mean for our own self-exploration I'm thinking about all of the meals I've been able to cook these past few days, all of the DIY beauty products I'll be making this weekend, books I'll finally have time to read now that there aren't any distractions. And I definitely want to take this time for the podcast and for all of you listeners to provide you guys with solo episodes on how to make some of your own beauty products and how to really get in depth with your skincare routine, how to really get in depth with your self-care practice. So you guys can look forward to those in the weeks ahead. But I'm personally working from home, so that's top of mind. So I want to share a few very, very quick work from home tips. And then I'm going to interview 
everyone in my house on how coronavirus is, is impacting them. And they all have really interesting things to say. So definitely stay tuned to hear from the household. But here are my very quick tips if you're working from home. If you're working from home, there is a video filter that you all need to know about. If you guys are using the conference service Zoom, on the lower left-hand corner of the screen, if you go to video settings, there is a box. If you check that box marked touch up my appearance, it's like a beautifying filter on Zoom conference calls. So that is a free tip. Another tip from me, just take a break from the news. There's being informed and there's driving yourself crazy. I know that a lot of these movies are trending on iTunes right now, like Contagion or this new Netflix docuseries, Pandemic. Just self-assess and make your own choice if those will be good for your mental health to watch. Do your journal. So I love my gratitude journal. I've been doing it for three years ever since my husband gave it to me as a gift. But you don't even need to have the gratitude journal to do it. It takes five minutes and every single day it is the same question. So there are three prompts in the morning and three prompts in the evening. So the first question is, I am grateful for, and there's a space to write what you're grateful for. What would make today great? And there's a space to write that. Daily affirmations, I am, and there's a space to write your daily affirmation. And then in the evening, there are two questions. Three amazing things that happened today and how could I have made today better? So I love that final question, how could I have made today better? Because it's great for observing patterns. Like I found for weeks on end under how I could have made today better, I would write if I had a healthy meal planned and I didn't eat that, insert whatever was available that I ate because I had no alternate plan. So especially while we're all cooking for ourselves and kind of fending for ourselves, you should try to take this time to do some meal planning to make sure that you have healthy options available. Sometimes if you're between calls and it's like you're scrambling for something, you may just end up eating a protein bar for lunch. And we all know from my episode about eating for our skincare that you want to have good fruits and vegetables and lots of nutrient-dense food in your diet. So don't let that happen to you. Make a schedule for your day and plan breaks. I take a walk in the evenings. The beach here is so lovely. I'm up in Long Island in Sag Harbor. So that's been really nice. And last tip. And again, I will have more content on this particular topic. Take time to really get into your skincare routine. This is the moment where you have time to do that clay mask, to do that yogurt mask, to give yourself a facial massage, to try steaming your face at home, really pamper your skin, get rest, drink water. All of this time spent with ourselves and inside should give you the extra moment to love on your skin and be kind to your skin and just really reap the benefits of extra time that we so rarely have. After I talk to everyone in my family, I'm going to also read some DMs that I've been getting from listeners um, from the Naked Beauty Planet account on just what coronavirus has been like for them and how it's impacted them. So thank you guys for sending those in. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I hope everyone is staying safe and keeping their spirits high. I know it's a very strange time that we're living through, but hopefully this episode can provide some relief for some of you may feel like you can relate, if not to me, then to some of the people in my house, because we all have very different takes on the situation. And next week, I do have a full interview. It was filmed right before all of the travel ended with Zoe Foster Blake. She is the founder of GoTo Skincare, which is that skincare brand from Australia that I absolutely love. All right, let's get into talking to everyone in my house. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm starting with my brother, Alexander. Why don't you introduce yourself? 
Hello, I'm Alexander Smith, Brooke's brother, member of the Naked Beauty Planet, big time listener since day one. I am honored to be on the podcast. <laughs> Interesting that it took a quarantine to make it happen, but I'll take what I can get. <laughs> it did take a quarantine to make it happen, but like this is a blessing. So I want to talk to you. How old are you? I am 27, turning 28 in April. I'm a Taurus and very much a Taurus. <laughs> you are very much a Taurus. Um, but Alexander, for you, can you share what you do day to day? Yes, I work for uh, Viacom. Yeah, BET. Shout out to BET. Yes, BET. I was trying to keep it vague, but it's fine. I do work for BET. That isn't a problem. I love working for BET. It's a great company, really great people. And I work, I basically schedule the commercials that you see on your television. Great. So working remotely, it goes well with my job. Basically, you don't have to be in an office. Right. And you know what? It's funny. The powers that be for a long time said that my role in particular could not be done from home. In <laughs> fact, it very, 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 very much can be done from home. So before coronavirus, they were not trying to let you ever they work were from not, home? No. And now that you're working from home, everything's fine? Everything is more than fine. I'm, I'm yeah, it's, it's a lot easier because we have these very, um, we have slower computers. Think like Dell desktop type. Okay. IBM, old computers. So I've realized that I've spent a lot of time waiting for programs to open. Yeah. When I'm editing Excel, I get that hourglass while I'm just trying to do a basic change. (laughs) And, you know, now that I'm home with our Wi-Fi, I'm actually able to work faster. Yeah. The internet here in Sag Harbor is excellent. With all 11 of us on it, too. (laughs) We have a full house. We've got six people in the house, working from home every day. And our phones and laptops are on the True. Wi-Fi. True. <laughs> so, shout out to our Wi-Fi. It's right. been really holding us down. Now, you said you're 28. Yes. You well, in- I'm 27. 27. You're going to be 28 soon. Yes. You live in New York City. I do. Your friends live in New York City. They do. Now, on Instagram this weekend, we were having a shame and blame and name fest. Right. Tell us about how your friends were taking precautions to stay inside this weekend on friday night <laughs> I, <laughs> on friday night i saw very little precautions being taken it was interesting you would see a corona post and then you would see you know a story at a house party or a club saying you know the show must go on and it's funny by saturday these same people are shaming other people for going out and i'm like listen I remember yesterday. <laughs> I have seen quite a bit of the, I'm still going to live my life, go outside. And then like two days later, they're like, don't go outside. And it's like, right. we, we remember. Everyone, the listeners, we, we remember. <laughs> we remember Friday. It wasn't that long ago. I think by this Friday, people will... It's hope, a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. It, what's interesting is like cities have had to come in and say it's a wrap. Like right. they've had to say... Well, you were in these streets today. Yeah, driving back from the city, people were on the streets, not quite sure what they were doing. What do you think it is about young people that makes them feel like I'm still going to hit the club? I think it's less about young people and more about the type of young person that lives in New York City. (laughs) They often have moved here to follow their dreams, are far away from their parents to begin with, and they kind of make their own families with their roommates and friends in their creative spaces. Right. So they're kind of in a situation where they may not have seen their parents in a year. So they're not worried about infecting their friends or they, they might not be, it's not unrealistic for a lot of young people in New York city to not know anyone in the super high risk group. Right. Over 65. Right. I think though what's unfortunate is they don't understand this concept that it's like, you're not staying inside for yourself. You're staying inside so that you don't become a carrier and infect other people. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah, you, so you have been team inside. Let's talk a little bit, a bit about your mental health and self-care. Because I, as your sister, who's known you your whole life, I've seen you worry more these past few days than I've ever seen you worry before. You've been spraying down groceries. You've been unboxing groceries with leather gloves on. Are you naturally a germaphobe or has this sparked something in you? I'm not naturally a germaphobe. I don't know why it's hit me in such a away but i've always been afraid of lethal diseases <laughs> or like is this like a childhood fear yes you know <laughs> i saw a movie 
on HBO called Angels of in America. It's yeah. about the AIDS epidemic. And I saw, I think it was released on HBO in like 2002. So I was about 10 years old. And mom was really into the miniseries when it, when it was on back I then. I remember. And I would watch it with her. And it just really showed me that you could be living a normal life. And then I think even before I was sexually active, I would be like Afraid. worried about AIDS okay. or worried about catching HIV. Yeah. I was when, when we did the bubonic plague in middle school. Yeah. I was worried about that. Okay. I remember one time when I was very young reading that. Is that of, why you're afraid of rats? Partially. this is really deep alexander yes well i remember reading that they were doing a bubonic plague study somewhere in jersey this is like 2007 Mm -hmm. and one of the rats had escaped and i remember thinking about that for weeks where is this rat with the plague in the city (laughs) so it becomes something for your mind to kind of like obsess over yeah i don't know why it's just the the big disease is one of my big fears okay yeah are you feeling like scared day-to-day anxious no, because I'm very well informed. I've been like... Yeah, but do you think you're overdoing it on the news consumption? No, because this week is when people are getting sick. I, and I've been quarantined for a long time now, so I can comfortably say if I make it to Sunday, I don't have it. So that's really what I want. Okay. Now I'm going to shift gears for a moment and play our favorite song of the moment by I Marquise. What is this name of the song? The it's literally cor- called coronavirus. <laughs> it's literally called coronavirus. Now, I don't want people to think that I am making light of coronavirus. It's obviously shit is getting real, as Cardi B says in the hook. But we love this song. Let me just play a few moments of it. We're doing a little dance for people who can't see. Now, this song was from a Cardi B Instagram post where she said, coronavirus, shit is getting real. I, Marquise, took the audio and made this pretty fire song that has since gone viral. And you and I bumped this in the house. What do you think about all of the memes, humor posts, the way that people are talking about this on social media. I love the memes. It's it, it gives everybody comic relief, but I think people need to be careful about actually making fun of people that have coronavirus because mm, are people doing that? Well, people are acting as if they could never get it, which mm. is uh, right. People <laughs> being like, "Ooh, I don't want to catch that Rona." Right. It's like it could be you tomorrow. It could be it literally could be you, someone you love. So, I think any type of stigmatization of people that have coronavirus is really lame because like totally through no fault of your own, you could get it by doing anything, any daily tasks. Totally. So I think the memes have to be tasteful and make fun of kind of the situation we're all in. Like I'm home bored, yeah. but like being like, ew, you've got that Rona, like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Cause people are, people have it. We know people, people have, have it. it. Yeah. And more people are going to get it. Right. And like, I've been thinking about if I had it, would I feel comfortable to disclose? Well, one here's part one. Could you get a test? I'm saying that's say hard. we're past that. Yeah. So, say, so say you know you have it. Would you right. feel comfortable disclosing? And my one drawback is it's like, how do you tell the people who, you know, you were at their birthday last week? It's kind of like calling people to tell them you have an STD. Exactly. And it's like, how are people going to take that? But you kind of, it's your civic duty because these people now need to quarantine too. But it's like, hey man, knew you were really excited about XYZ, but guess what? You're going to have to self-quarantine for the next 14. Like, I think that kind of makes disclosure more difficult, but it is 100% the right thing to do. 100%. Final question. Do you have any friends that have it? Do you know anyone who has it personally besides Idris Elba, um, Tom Hanks. Who are the other big celebrity cases? There's a lot of NBA players. Kevin Durant, I think that came out yesterday. Okay. And there's actually, this was another distasteful meme I saw. There's a picture of Kevin Durant hanging out with Drake last week. Now people are taking the picture of them hanging out saying, oh, Drake's got that Rota. Oh my God. And I would just, the term that Rota, that Rota, the Ron Ron, (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't mean to be laughing because it's terrible, but like I love them. It's like COVID nineteen. Yeah, you sound like a scientist, but like to be like, oh, he's got that rod, rod. Like, come on, that's way better. Okay, but then <laughs> is it to your earlier point? Does that does that make it like a joke and make fun of people that have it? No, I, you gotta have some fun with it. These are these are weird times. You're not making fun of people. You're making fun of the disease. Which right. Is where okay. I think all the humor. So, so back to your original interesting thought that you posed. If you tested positive, would you go on the timeline and say, "I've got that Ron Ron"? <sighs> the got timeline is interesting because I feel like there's a little positive COVID clout chasing going on. <laughs> no. Where, yes. You wait. So you think people? <laughs> I think there's people that are truly symptomatic, but probably don't have coronavirus that are getting a lot of likes and attention by saying, I think I have coronavirus. And I think if the test was like, if you are one of these people and we know, you know, people do fake pages, people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do all types of things for attention. Yeah. It's not unrealistic that you could get interviewed by a major media outlet by just saying, I have symptoms of coronavirus and I'm young. Right. Boom. You have a Skype interview with Anderson Cooper that night. Right, 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 right. There's clout to be had off of this. Interesting. So would you want a piece of that clout? If I had it, listen. <laughs> if I if I had We'd see you on Don Lemon tonight. Well, yeah, I mean that might be in your best interest so that you don't have people, you know, taking you off the respirator. You know? Mm. You're you're a national news story now. People are invested. Like um unfortunately that lawyer in Westchester who's now slowly recovering, he's off life support. But like people were invested in his case. Right. So I guess there's going to be a short amount of time that people are really in inve- Like, I feel like the novelty of it. Right. Because it's ubiquitous now. Day by day, more and more cases. Okay. Any parting thoughts for people? I, w- I would love for you to share as a final parting thought, a self-care tip for people in the time of coronavirus. I would just say all of those things you were, if you are employed, all of those things that when you were at your job that you would say, if I was working from home, I would do X. I would do this on the side work, on the side project. I would, you know, do my ab crunches if I could only, if my boss wasn't walking around. I would take that middle of the day nap. All of those things that you were thinking about that could improve your work schedule. Yeah. Start doing those things because I have. Truly, <laughs> yeah. um, my work day has never gone by faster. I feel very productive. And... Yeah, definitely do those things that you always said you would if you were unsupervised. But definitely handle that business because job security is no joke right now. Yeah. And you got to be about your business. So good, Alexander. You were such a good guest. I should have had you on ages ago. (laughs) Thank you. I enjoyed being on the show. I can't wait to listen. Okay. Shout out Naked Beauty Planet. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Moving on to your lady, Skyla. Skyla, it's come right on up. How old are you and where are you from and where do you live? Um, I just turned 24 and I live in the city too. Okay, great. And where are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. Okay. Massachusetts has a lot of cases. Yeah. And they're going up steadily. Yeah. Scary. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm interested to talk to you because you are a teacher and I've I've been watching as your school has been trying to kind of figure out how to educate kids remotely. Right. So, okay. What type of teacher are you and what kind of school do you teach at? Okay, so I'm a third, fourth grade special education teacher at a charter school, okay. which is important in this case. Yes. <laughs> um, charter schools have the ability to like do what they want. So we didn't have to go through all the red tape of the DOE. Okay. And uh, the DOE Department of Education. Okay. Right. Yeah. The public schools. So we decided to close on Friday from Monday, Tuesday, where the public schools didn't make that decision till Sunday. Yeah. So we had a little bit of a head start with this whole like distance learning. Thing. Yes. And and how big is your school? Like how many people are in a class and where is the school based? So my school is in Canarsie, Brooklyn. Okay. We serve over 2000 students in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And how many, how many students do you kind of like look over in a year? I have about 15. It can like be more or less depending on the time of year. Okay. So now these kids, they're not in school. Right. How are they learning? <laughs> So I think it's very different classroom by classroom at this point. For me, I just made a Google Classroom my first time ever. Okay, nice. I'm figuring that out. And then they're going to figure that out too, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of like phone calls, video chatting, and like even as much as like texting me a picture of what you did. So you're basically relying on these kids to stay on top of their work. Right. (laughs) That's my biggest fear, I think, is the accountability piece. Yeah. 
I can only imagine being a parent working from home right now. And a lot of our parents aren't working from home. They're still working. Really? Yeah. So I was on a video call today and one of our teachers was actually saying how she was on the phone with parents and the parents were getting yelled at by their bosses. Like, get off the phone. You have work to do. Oh, my God. So their work-life balance is a mess right now. Yeah, I can't even imagine having to be a parent right now and like suddenly a teacher, like a homeschooling teacher. Not to mention the fact that like I have to relearn the math I teach. You know, it's not like when we went to school. Right. It's so different. Oh, my God. So in terms of your friend group, I know we were laughing this weekend that you had a friend that was dying to go on a cruise. Yes. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. So I was like following her Instagram story very closely. It's someone I went to high school with and she was dropping her dog off at the kennel. She was getting a pedicure. And this was like as the cruise ship industry is plummeting, (laughs) cruises are being canceled. The president's Um, on TV like saying this is like a global epidemic. Dr. Like Anthony Fauci is like, don't go on a cruise. They're floating Petri dish. Like, just don't do it. And she is getting ready to go on this cruise to the point that on the day of she posts like, what the fuck? This is canceled. And I was like, okay. And then after that, she starts posting like COVID awareness. Yeah. Like before that. an she, advocate. Yeah. She was denial before that. That's interesting. What do you think it is about these people that are like in deep denial about it? I think that especially where I'm from, there's always been this like negative portrayal of like, this is just life. Life is bad. Life is going to like come get you if it's not poverty it's something else Mm. um so they just kind of like go on with their daily routine and i think think of it as something else that has gone wrong not necessarily like this major thing they need to pay attention to interesting interesting and when you say where you're from this is like where in massachusetts um it's new bedford massachusetts so it's right near cape cod it's a city that is like one of those transition cities that had their heyday with like the 1800s mill work okay, and kind of went down ever since. We have like more poverty and crime per capita than the Bronx. Really? So it's, yeah. So we're like inner city community, a very um, Portuguese and Hispanic community specifically. Okay. So a lot of people either grew up in the Great Depression or carry on that lifestyle because they're still living on the poverty line or below. So they're kind of like, yeah, this is one thing, but like my whole life has been hard. right. My whole life has been a struggle. This is just another struggle. Well, I think hopefully people are taking it more seriously now. Yeah. Do you have any advice for parents who may be listening that have kids at home? Like as a teacher, like I feel like teachers are so good at providing structure, right? And like yeah, rules. Do you have any advice for parents that are like trying to figure out like what the hell to do? Get a routine. So whether that's like the same wake up every day, lunch is the same every day. You do schoolwork in the morning, free time in the afternoon and keep it the same, especially for like the younger kids, the better. Um, and YouTube is your greatest resource. Mm, like, what on YouTube? Just how to. So you could say like area model multiplication and there'll be how to videos on how to multiply in the fourth grade way. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't need what's air. When you said area <laughs> models, what is that? Is that how they multiply now? Yeah, it's basically you break apart like 392. You break apart to 390 and two. And multiply those separate pieces and add it together. Interesting. Yeah. The way they're doing math now, it's so different. Yeah. Very conceptual. Like, the, No, that's great advice. And then do you have any personal advice for people that are just like at home right now? And Yeah, I think like still sleep. It's been very tempting for me to just like stay up very oh, yeah. late. Yeah, you, because you go to Sky, yeah. so listeners. Skyla goes to bed at like 9.30 p.m. Oh, every night. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, like, I love it. Like, I wish, but... Yeah, sometimes so you, earlier, sometimes earlier. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> earlier, wow. So you're sticking to this early bedtime. I definitely want to be in bed before 11. I usually wake up for school at around 4.50, 5 o'clock every morning. Now I can sleep until 8. So as long as I'm still going to bed and, like, getting sleep, I'm not trying to completely ruin my <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, it's 9.34 p.m. now, so I'll relieve you of this, of this podcast so you can go and get your beauty rest, but... Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your tips. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Okay, next up in quarantine lockdown, we have my mother, who she's been on the podcast before with grandma. I know, I'm so honored to be back. You've had some amazing guests, Brooke. I have had some great guests. Okay, so mom, we've heard from Alexander, we've heard from Skyla, and the first question we're asking everyone is how their job has changed. I've had board calls, so I'm still serving on a couple of corporate boards. And um, I had all day telephonic 
board call actually today, which will continue all day tomorrow. Yeah. How many hours was that call? Um, let's see. It started at around uh, 10 and ended at about 5. And tomorrow will start at uh, 8.30 and end about 5. So do you find these all-day calls draining? No, because we actually take breaks. Um, we take a break for lunch. We take a break between committee meetings. We take a break between issues. So no. And I'm used to kind of being on all day anyway. So yes. it's actually quite relaxing to be able to be in a, a great environment and to take the call. Exactly. You've been an executive for how many years now? I don't know. Who's counting? Decades. Decades. At least. Um, But you're not someone who really chills. No, I I don't. I'm in constant motion. There is no, there's nothing that allows me to just sit unless I'm actually, Brooke, unless I'm actually binging, I can kind of totally get into a show and binge it nonstop. I don't know if that's considered chilling or not. That's chilling. I know we started watching Sex Education on Netflix, which highly recommend. It's good, right? Oh, it's very good. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good. Funny. But how are you finding this time of just have, like, it's not even that you're canceling plans, like there's no option to do anything. I'm loving it. I mean, uh, I have sat at the end of our dining room table as we're sitting through meals and and just think how incredibly blessed and fortunate I am that I love my family and that we're all together and and we're all here and we're figuring out meals and we're figuring out our own personal space and everybody's working from home and doing their thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. And loving your family and enjoying your family is key because I can imagine for a lot of people, if they're with their family right now in the time of lockdown, it can be stressful. Well, this is when I realized people used to say, Jerry, your life has like no drama. We don't, I don't, see a lot of family drama. Yeah. And so when we sit down, when we're interacting during the day, it's been very low key. It has not been stressful. It's actually been quite soothing and and beautiful for me to have everyone together. I wish, you know, my mom and Calvin were here, but they're where they need to be given their age. But Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. Do you think the silver lining of this is that it's kind of forcing people to slow down, reprioritize, maybe spend more time with each other? I think the silver lining is definitely perspective. I mean, that whole issue of, uh, you know, God grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, the wisdom of the difference. I think that people have to decide how they're going to deal with the new normal that everybody, so it's not just you, right. but everybody is having to adjust to the ambiguity of the unknown. And so, yeah, it's forcing different skills and different stress levels and different fears and different triggers for everyone. Yeah. Has it triggered anything for you? Only peace, (laughs) (laughs) only contentment, only being in a beautiful place and time in my life where I can take it all in and understand how, what a gift it is. So you're not overly stressed? Overly? I'm not stressed. You're not anxious about it. I'm not anxious. No, I'm not anxious at all. No. Yeah. I'm not either. I feel like Alexander and Umut in the house are, are the, oh my God. So we've got the, uh, yeah, the clean police and the, <laughs> the medicine police and the stockpile police. Yeah, do you think so, it's a, like a male thing uh, or they feel like they're like, no, I think it's an individual thing. Individual. I think everyone is a function of the experiences as they, that they've had in life. And so something triggers someone to step up or step back. And so this has triggered Alexander Namut, who kind of like are standing out amongst the <laughs> continuum of behaviors, but it's good. We benefit from it, right? Yeah. We benefit from Amut going out to CVS and clearing the shelves. Yeah. We benefit from Alexander spraying everyone down and yeah. everything down. Yeah. And then it's not invasive. It's kind of, you put a smile on your face, but you don't, you say, yeah, okay, I'll go wash my hands for the 20th time. Yeah. Right. I'll spray down this box that came in from the outside that the UPS guy did. So it's all good. And have you checked in on the kind of like beauty service professionals in your life. Like I reached out to my hairdresser to make sure to just say, Hey, how are things going? Oh, well, you know what, Brooke, that's so important. No, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So the woman who does your nails and bokeh. Yeah, my hair and oh my gosh. Yes, they're gonna, really struggling. I'm going to send them some love. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm, where I get my hair done, I don't know if they're struggling. I think the, I think the you women think are up still- there get, I <laughs> where think they're this? getting it. I, it's in uh, Palm Beach, Carlene, Carlene Ricketts. I think that people are still going but I'm going to send her some love and Spaminka who does my nails. Yeah. And yeah, I I think I'm going to, um, I'll, I'll reach out to them. 
Yeah, I think it's hard right now for trainers, for anyone who basically works in like the service industry mm-hmm. profession. No, it is. It is time. hard. Right. It is hard. It's a tough time. Yeah. So for people that are home in self-isolation and quarantine right now, do you have any self-care tips for them? Ways to kind of get through this time? You know, what I've been doing is light a candle, listen to great music. We've got lots of diptyque in the house. You put me on to diptyque. I tell everyone to do diptyque. It's coming from you. You're the OG. And now, so online, I just noticed that, you know, not to shout out a retailer, but some people are putting beauty and candles on sale at 25%. Ooh, which retailers? I sent you note, Nordstrom. Ooh, okay. Nordstrom has diptyque and uh, beauty on sale, 25% off free shipping. So it's a good time to stock up, but I think you have to set the mood. And I think it's more than setting the mood is your mentality. You, You have to understand that you can't control it and make the best of it. But I can be a good house cat. I'm, yeah. I'm a good house cat. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. Setting the mood is nice. Keeping things clean. Well, okay. You're already... Okay. You're already... I am like, you know that I am on overdrive yeah. on the clean. Yes. If you see me, I've got a Swiffer in my hand. I got a rag <laughs> in my hand. I got... It's crazy, but I don't know what this obsession is. My, you know, my mom used to say, were you raised in like a filthy house? Like, what is it with you in this constant cleaning? But I just like things to be orderly and clean. Yes. And so, yeah, but the, no, the house is amazing. Yeah, it's it's clean. And I don't know why I didn't inherit this gene, but. Because you have a life and you find other things to do that are pleasurable other than a spotless table or you know, a dust-free cabinet. Okay, I'll take that. All right, thank you, mom, for coming on and sharing your perspective. Good, I love it. All right, dad's next. Okay. We are now joined by my dad on the podcast on Naked Beauty. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Before we begin, we've been hearing from people what it's been like adjusting to working and working from home, but you have been retired for quite some time. A few years. A few years, okay. So there's no work-from-home adjustment for you? No. But it is a big life adjustment in terms of your day-to-day life in Boca Raton. It is an adjustment because I have a fairly active life. Yes. Okay, so tell us what your normal day would have been like. My normal day is I get up and I go to my local Starbucks. About what time is this? That's usually around 7.30, quarter to 8. Even on weekdays? Even on on weekdays. And weekends? Every day. Because in my head, in my fantasy life, when I retire, I'll wake up at like 11 a.m. You like just starting the day really I like early. starting the day and taking a nap around two. Okay. Okay. Fair. Okay. So you wake up at 7.30 and then you go to Starbucks. To Starbucks. Okay. Your local Starbucks. Everyone there knows your name. They know your order. Absolutely. And there's usually a group of about four people that I sit with and... We will coalesce about issues of the day for about 40 minutes. And then I break away from the group and I read my newspaper. And typically I leave around nine o'clock. Okay. And then you sometimes you golf during the day. Sometimes I play golf. I'm a guardian at Lightham for the juvenile court. So sometimes I visit children and their families. So that's typically a day for me. Okay. So yeah, you have a very active day. And now... Here in Sac Harbor, it's just wake up and kind of do nothing. I wouldn't say nothing. It's it's certainly different. I um, do a lot of online research because of the financial markets have been so fluid. I'm obviously making a lot of investment decisions during the day as I get more information and do more research during the day. Okay, so you're following the markets and you're changing what you're buying. Are you buying like Costco stock now? Um, Costco, Clorox, Amazon. Yeah. I mean, those are the businesses that are going to boom at this time. And do you feel like there is a point where news consumption becomes too much? Like it can be like you just need to break from it? Oh, absolutely. I never thought I would see that end of the road. But lately, at a certain point, I say, okay, I'm starting to see the same story over and over, different approaches to it, but basically the same news item. Right. Like we've got it. It's like there's one press conference and they slice it and dice it in many ways and then rehash it. So I don't, yeah, tonight, even when I was cooking dinner, I was like, let's just turn off the news, put on some music. I just need a vibe shift. Understandable. So you have been on this earth for some time and you have seen some things. What Sometimes are- <laughs> I've been here six, 69 years. 69 years. So you, so what year were you born in? 1950? 1950. Okay. 
1950s. So what are some of the like bit like have you ever seen anything like this before? What would be comparable? Oh, there's nothing comparable. Obviously, 9-11 was pretty significant. And yeah. certainly um, 2008, when the markets went into free fall and we ended into that recession, that was pretty significant. But mm-hmm. this is extraordinary. Yes. I mean, 9-11, I think I was 10 years old at the time. We were living in New York City. Um, it was this one big event, but it it wasn't this thing where everyone was staying inside. I think there were people were very scared, but... It wasn't this thing where grocery, I mean, were grocery stores being, were people panicked this way? No, people weren't panicked, but it was certainly, we all felt like we were one community. And in a lot of ways, the only positive coming out of this is I think we are beginning to think of um, the fact that we're part of one community, a global community. I mean, because this has affected people in Asia, Europe, Africa the islands, the U.S., Canada. It's absolutely true. And do you, how are your, um, as you talk to like friends and family, how are other people coping with it? Are, are certain people really anxious? Are people just taking it day by day? No, I think we're all remarkably calm considering how much is still unknown. But most of my friends, I guess because we have some perspective, is more of a wait and see what tips do you have for people that are in self-quarantine right now? Are there any things that you feel like tips you want to give people in terms of how to pass the time, how to make this time go by well, how to basically also take advantage of this rare moment for us to just be still? Well, you know, even though we're supposed to be distancing ourselves, it doesn't mean we have to be in social isolation. Mm-hmm. We also doesn't mean that we can't be intimate with people. And by that, I mean, you can reach out to friends, maybe people you haven't talked to. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I've reached out at least two or three people that I haven't spoken to in over a year. And I just sent them a quick note, nothing expansive, but just saying, hoping, hope things are well for you. I'm with my family in Sag Harbor. Wish, wish you well, you know, give me a ring if you want, et cetera. Yeah. I think that's a great tip. This is definitely the time to reach out and and show love to people. Well, absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience with us. And uh, maybe you'll be back again for another episode of Naked Beauty. That would be lovely. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dad. Okay, guys, we're back with my final person in the house and my husband, um, so I've saved the best for last. Umu, this is your Naked Beauty debut. Don't be too crazy. Hello, hello. This is Brooke's husband. Okay, you're already making fun of the show. So you have an agency and you work with different brands on their kind of music strategy and entertainment strategy. How has your work changed? We all find ourselves in a very interesting situation that like we are trying to repurpose the campaigns we already built, trying to repurpose the content we already built in a way that, okay, how can we re-rig it in a way that we can inspire people to stay in or not do what they're planning to do? I think that's good that you're doing that because I think a lot of brands run the risk of sounding really tone deaf in this time period. I think a lot of people will sound tone deaf. A lot of people are sounding tone deaf, but it's also, we have to recognize the fact that it's a situation that we are reacting day by day. Yes, exactly. What we thought was really fine a week ago <laughs> is like this week. Like, yeah, let's hey. wait, let's tell the listeners what you did uh, a week ago. You went and got a full body massage. I did because I thought <laughs> that was all right. Yeah. And like roughly six hours after I had the massage, maybe not even six hours. I think, I think I watched like a CNN clip and just like, I thought to myself, what I was thinking, like, yeah, why, like, let's start with that. Why I was out, why I went to (laughs) (laughs) a highly trafficked massage parlor, not the most hygienic one either. And I, I like that place for a quick, a quick and dirty massage, but it's... If it, you live in New York, you go to those places that's in your neighborhood. Yeah, thirty nine ninety five an hour. 
Mine was forty nine ninety. <laughs> okay, a little okay. fancier. All right, I'm fancier than you. Bro. <laughs> okay, okay. That goes without saying, but I didn't think about it when I was going. I just like had like an hour and a half or so free between this and that, and I just like, oh, I just get back from Europe. Why not? Yeah. And oh my gosh. literally, I arrived and I was laying down on the bed. I was just like, oh my god, what did I do? <laughs> 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 it's so wild but you know what that was the weekend that people were still going out people were still drinking and we won't name names we won't shame anyone but someone you know as of two days ago was out partying oh yeah we're a dear friend of mine <laughs> <laughs> young friend young girl well young and carefree not naming names young lolly and dumb yeah uh, like yeah and it's it's very interesting like Things change so rapidly. I think roughly 15 days ago or so, maybe a little longer, I was in Venice. Yeah, you were in Italy, babe. Yeah. The day, actually, the international news break out that Italy is crumbling, coronavirus is in Italy. You were in Venice. And it was very interesting because it was during Venice Carnival that Everyone wear those masks and are on the streets and dancing. And it's so interesting because the news dropped in the day I arrived. There was no medical masks on the streets. The following day, I was leaving actually, but I started seeing the medical masks. And it's so interesting because when you think about carnival, in Venice, it goes back in history. Uh, the carnival's or origin is another pandemic in Europe. Oh, really? I never knew this. Yeah, I will not be able to pronounce the name correctly, but like, what was the Black Death? Black Plague? Yeah, the plague. In the end of the plague in Europe, some people survived, lots of people died. But most of the people survived had like scars on their yeah, face. Yeah, they had lesions. The bubonic plague gave you lesions on your face. That's why they wore the masks. As, exactly. So most people resorted wearing masks. And when really the pandemic over was ending and to bring the morale up, they did the carnival. And they did all these big balls and stuff like that to bring back the people together. And like, hey, you don't need to stay away. We, it's over. We're done. Turkey. You guys had, what, one case so far? There's a lot. And I don't want any smoke with the Turkish government. I'm afraid, like, I'm shook. Um, so let, let's not even talk about the Turkish government on air on this podcast. Um, I think Turkey was very reactive. The way they reacted to coronavirus, the, the moment it started, they closed the borders with China. They closed the borders with Iran. I am anything but pro-government, uh, but somehow... Turkey has very few um, cases. Yeah. Is your family safe? Yes, they are. Our family. They are. Good. But obviously, like, you know, this is a global situation. People are hearing the news, watching the news. Uh, I, I, it's one of those things. I'm in a message group with a bunch of my friends, like 30 people or so. That This I, is your very international crew? Yeah, I went to Harvard program together and they're everyone from every country. And there's a lot of like unity, like what are we doing? How can we help this and that? But like, it's one of those things that like, as sad as it is, it's one of those moments that people are realizing that like, we are on the same boat. In the very early days, I was seeing on Twitter, like, you know, oh, China finally getting what they are wanting, blah, blah, blah. Terrible. Terrible, but then three days later, oh, we're not going to get our drugs because China is sick. Right. That's what my dad was saying. We live in this global society. We're all connected. It is. It is. And it's, I think I like to see positive in every negative and every situation. And I think hopefully this is one of those moments that we will realize that, hey, we are on the same boat. Yeah. We're all in this together. Exactly. Without China doing what they are doing cost efficiently, there is not much mar like a uh, market for consumer goods in the US. Without China being healthy, there is no like, you know, US being healthy. 
Yeah. I mean, consumer goes aside. It's just like, I don't want anyone to be dealing with this. It's just scary. Um, and shout out to all of my listeners in Italy. I know I have listeners in Italy. My heart, I mean, it's it's bad everywhere in different ways. But what's going on in Italy right now is just heartbreaking. It is. We always joke about like, I'm Mediterranean. I'm very kissy and huggy and such an affectionate culture. How would you say this pandemic is manifesting itself for you? Are you feeling anxious about it? For you, I've noticed like you're checking the markets every morning. Like you're very watching more news than you've ever watched before. You're checking stuff on Twitter. You're getting the alerts. Like, do you feel like, like what percentage of your mental space is this taking? I think it's taking a big, very big percentage because I think in my age, uh, some of your money is invested in the markets that you are grooming, like, you groom a, a nice little garden, like <laughs> sure there are no weeds, like you know, everything is Yeah, how's nicely. how's that garden doing now? To be honest with you, when the China thing started going hardcore, I started raising money. I raised a lot of cash. So I was somehow prepared, but looking at what has happened, I'm just like, oh my God, like I should is, is your raised... garden destroyed? No, I wouldn't say it's destroyed. I like I believe in U.S. American uh, economy. I I believe in commerce. Apple will not go anywhere. Amazon will not go anywhere. I think in January I eliminated all of my holdings that are maybe not strong enough. You know, I proved my holdings. Okay, this is this is getting a little too financial for Naked Beauty podcast. Love you, love you, love your financial advice. But let's pivot a bit to talk about your own. Men- but you ask for it. I yeah, because you have baby, you have been looking at the markets a lot. But how how are you taking care of yourself mentally? As it happens, we are very lucky. Yes, Brooke's parents have this lovely house in Sag Harbor, which I'm very grateful for. And pretty much every day around sunset, once the markets are closed, <laughs> yeah, once the emails and phone calls are start dying down, because it started dying down a little earlier because people have kids in the house now. <laughs> so I suspect that they are wanting to be with family sooner. So the calls usually start dying down around five o'clock or so. That gives us a little moment to get into car, drive to a beach and have a little walk. Yes. And that has been my heaven, uh, you know, and I we know. pretty much managed to do it every day since we are here. I know we didn't do it today. E- yes, we were. We drive back from the city today, so we couldn't do it today. But while you were recording your mom, I actually went to the beach at night. At night. Was it beautiful? Oh, my God. This was a magical experience. It's just like the, and we are in Sag Harbor, so it's not necessarily open ocean. It's already a bay. It's usually wavy, but some moments it's like a pond. And to wow. that, tonight, it was just like one of those that like the water is like paper. Wow. They're just like not even an ounce of like, movement. you know, movement. Was the moon out? No, it was very dark, but it was very magical. Oh, I love that. We have to do that tomorrow. Well, if you promise to be a good girl after recording, maybe I'll drive you there. Okay. Maybe if you promise to be a good boy, I'll drive you there since I'm learning how to drive now. Oh, yeah. That's a very scary experience for me. (laughs) But yeah, I'm very precious about my car and I'm teaching how to drive to Brook on that car, which is like self-explanatory how much I love her. Yes. Okay. In terms of how real coronavirus is, though, we know people, immediate friends that have tested positive for it. Closest will be my business manager. A few days ago, he stopped responding to emails. I'm just like, okay. And he said, I'm going to go to another doctor because he went to the doctor and they couldn't diagnose him. And I was just like, so are you still okay? Or are you 
tested positive. He confirmed that he tested positive. Oh my gosh, yeah. I need to reach out to him actually first thing tomorrow morning just to check up on him. Has he said anything about what it's been like for him? Yes. So before I jump into that, two of my best friends also, they're not test positive, but they have all the um, symptoms, uh, but they symptoms, can't get a test. Symptoms, they can't access tests. And- what do you think about all these celebrities that are getting tests like that? I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But so the good news is Nathan, my business manager, lovely, lovely, lovely gentleman, is probably in the early 50s, fairly healthy uh, gentleman's here. He was sick and he, he described that it was a very bad flu, but nothing more or less. And the good news is he's already recovering after he tested positive. And uh, same thing with uh, one of my best friends. Uh, you know, he has all the symptoms. Uh, his girlfriend has all the symptoms. And one of the symptoms that they both have is shortness of breath, which That's, for me is the scariest it's one. It's the scariest one because it's one of those things that this, my friend is, we would call him sports billy, like in the middle of winter, he would go to Rockaway to surf uh, with his winter suit and stuff like that. Like he would run, he would box. Yeah, like Ivan's one of, one of the most like in-shape people we know. Exactly. Like, you know, healthiest person ever. And speaking to him, just like, yeah, not being able to breathe is no joke. Like, yeah. wow. And he doesn't even know who and where he get it from. Same thing with my uh, business manager, Nathan. Like there is no known person there in their circle who has been to any infected area like especially Ivan was super careful like you know wiping everything using hand sanitizer and this and that the reality of it is this is a very sneaky illness mm-hmm. and who uh, organization today announced even could be airborne so my advice to everyone who's listening you know um Stay home as much as you can. Limit your interactions at outside world as much as possible. I have two more questions for you. The first question is a little self-serving. Um, but what has it been like for you to spend all of this extra time with your wife? And it's been very special, if I had to be honest. Like I always have some place to go, something to do. It is one I'm of those running somewhere. It is one of those things, especially we live in Manhattan, New York. Life is busy. We are both very busy. Life is so fast. And I think somehow this is putting breaks to things that are not essential. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I could have been in that opening and did that gallery, that thing, that birthday. I actually didn't want to go, but I have to show my face. <laughs> like, and I think it's when you get those things out of your life and just like have a little bit of more time for quality time to spend with yourself, like with uh, your loved ones. My mornings used to be much busier. Like usually my calls start 9, 9.30 now, <laughs> probably because people have to deal with their kids. They don't start before 11.30 for me. Mm-hmm. Evenings could have been gone until 7.38, like international, uh, you know, and like, you know, by coastal. Now it goes much earlier. Which gives you like, oh, what house thing I wanted to do that I didn't do. And it's one of those things that I have been lucky enough to spend time in this house for five years. And I had all these small projects. Just yeah. like, oh my gosh, oh, you're rewiring the speakers. Like, the exactly. Like, oh, I need to connect that. I need to clean this. I need to do this. And literally every day I'm finding time to do stuff. And it's one of those funny things that sometimes... I could be in a conference call that maybe I'm not leading, but I'm, I'm, I need to de- be there and listening. I can put my mute uh, myself to mute and I start doing stuff. And it's just like, wow, I did stuff in the house in the last five days, much more than I did in five years. Yeah. This is my final question. Yes, I love you. If I, that was a question. I know you're madly in love with me. That's evident. Um, and I love you very much too. Amazing. That's a good thing we're married. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what tips do you have for people listening in this time of self-quarantine to just 
make the time enjoyable and practice self-care? Do you have any tips for people? Yeah, like, I mean, it also depends where you live and where you are, or if you're able to step out and take a little walk in dense cities, it's probably not advisable. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you are in a situation like us a little bit, it's not that dense and you're able to step out, make it a priority to just like, you know, even if it's your balcony, if it's your garden, it's your same in the property, just go out to do something like, I today uh, raked some leaves from the outdoor. <laughs> yeah, my dad my dad shared that he raked some leaves today as well. He found it very invigorating. It is. It is one of those things that like, you know, I would never have time. And actually, uh, there are people who are coming to do that in this house, but they didn't show up for good reason. So, and I just like on my one of my conference calls, I started doing that. And it's just like very satisfying. very satisfying okay everyone so that's that's Umut's advice go and rake some leaves but yeah nature is one of those things that I'm continually in awe of and grateful for especially now during this time well thanks for having me of course I waited for three years for this moment three years okay well here it is Um, you'll come back maybe yeah maybe All right, guys thanks so much you gotta be Okay, so you guys have now heard from every single person in the house. You know all of the personalities that I'm with on a day-to-day basis. Um, And I'm just going to wrap up by sharing a few just stories from listeners that you guys have sent me over DM on Naked Beauty Planet. Okay, so the first listener testimonial is B. Stewart. She is 28 from Watts, California, and she works to combat food insecurity for youth in the inner cities of Los Angeles, which is such admirable work. And she did talk about how maybe a week ago she wasn't feeling as panicked about it, but now she's really realizing this is serious. I'm going to quote her directly, and because I love this perspective, she said, spiritually, this is a heck of a spring cleaning we've been granted if we feed our focus and starve our distractions. So I love that she is finding the silver lining in this situation. I'm going to read you guys the next testimonial. This is from Madison. He is 27 in Seattle, Washington. And he says, I'm feeling gratitude for the downtime. I'm in the final stages of getting my doctorate in clinical psychology. Good for you, Madison. And he goes on to say, this year has been an absolute nightmare trying to finish everything. Getting the chance to stay home with zero expectations has felt so healing. And I have gratitude for the fact that I have the kind of privilege that allows me to stay home without suffering major consequences economically. Spending my time by reflecting, processing, talking with my friends and my husband, long intentional skincare routines, cooking, taking my dogs for walks, watching TV and cleaning. That sounds like you're really taking advantage of the time. Thank you for sharing that, Madison. Now I'm going to share with you guys, this was really quite shocking to me this perspective from Rachel Armstrong. Now, Rachel is a listener. She is from Asheville, North Carolina, and she shared what it's like for her as a flight attendant. So she says, I'm a flight attendant, so it's been a pretty bizarre and scary time for me. Less people are flying, which is bad for business, but at the same time, people that are still flying are possibly exposing me to the virus or vice versa. Possibly I'm a carrier exposing them. And it's hard to think that I could be helping spread the virus more. I truly love what I do, but right now, going to work feels like playing the lottery. I asked her how many flights a week she does and how full they've been, because even when I was flying um, a few weeks ago before coronavirus was really in the news in a major way, I noticed that my flights were pretty empty. She says they've drastically decreased in amount of people. It used to be full, which is 177 people, but now we only have 40 to 60 a flight. But that's still a lot. She said, last week I worked 16 flights and I average about 12 a week. And by a lot, I'm surprised people are still flying. And so then I asked her if she'd been given any special guidance from her airline on how to interact with the passengers. And she said, the people that are flying seem completely unaware that a pandemic is happening. They also do not know about the six feet of distance rule, which makes it awkward when I try to back away from them. If someone shows symptoms, we are to separate them from the rest of the passengers and call MedLink. 
MedLink is a doctor that all airlines have access to that gives directions on how to treat a passenger. One flight attendant is to assist them during the flight, which is scary because that makes us all feel like we have to choose who will be the sacrificial lamb. We do not screen people before they board. In fact, we've already had a situation where someone flew and showed symptoms and then tested positive. All crew and passengers are now being advised to be tested. I think the worst part is that we, flight attendants, all fear we could be asymptomatic and spread our virus to passengers without knowing. At this point, my jaw was wide open reading this message from her. She said, it's definitely scary. We're all going to work knowing that we could be exposed. Many airlines are also not cleaning their planes in between flights, including my own. Wow. This is a lot to take in. And she she personally feels like air travel should be halted. That's how she feels. And she loves her job. She loves her job, but she feels like right now the flights just need to be halted so that this virus doesn't spread any further. The last testimonial that I'd like to share from you guys is from Abigail. She's a chef, a 29-year-old chef from Atlanta, Georgia. She worked at a very fine dining and tasting menu-only restaurant in Atlanta. It's been nominated for several James Beard Awards. I think I can say what it's called. It's called Staple House. And as a chef, she's just been talking about how hard it's been for her and for other people in her industry to get work in the service industry. When she wrote to me, she said, if you find the time to highlight the millions of service industry workers that are suddenly finding themselves without a job, that would be a huge help. So many of us live paycheck to paycheck as it is. And this is really affecting our livelihoods. Her restaurant has closed due to concerns with COVID-19. And she said pretty much all of the other local restaurants have closed as well. So it's a pretty scary time for restaurant employees. She says she's lucky she already secured a job outside of the industry, but she's worried about a lot of her friends that are still in the industry about their financial security and their futures. If you want to do anything to help, she suggests a great charity that I know as well. My mom is actually on the board of the James Beard Foundation, um, but it's called The Giving Kitchen. You can donate to them. I will link to The Giving Kitchen in the show notes. The other thing she mentions is that a lot of restaurants are starting their own GoFundMes so patrons can support them in these difficult times. And this is, again, where it's like good to reach out to the person who does your hair, the person who does your color, the person who does your nails, all of those service professionals in your life that at this time are maybe having a hard time to just see if there's anything you can do to support, to show love, to help them through this difficult time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Naked Beauty. I had a lot of fun recording this. I hope this brought some light, some healing, some positive energy to all of you listening. And I will be back next week with a new episode and the week after that and the week after that. I hope that Naked Beauty can continue to be something that even if you're not doing your morning commute on Monday morning can still be something that you look forward to to start your week and a source of happiness for you guys in this kind of strange, bizarre time that we're living through. Thank you again so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, week. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 